0: Can't sleep? Don't want to sleep? Afraid to sleep? Are the windows closed? Are your doors locked? Did you check your closet? And under your bed? Maybe you should keep a light on in the hallway, just in case. Now settle in. Make yourself comfortable, lay back, close your eyes and let me tell you a story. We all remember the story of Goldilocks and the three bears. How a selfish young girl invaded a private home, stole food, disturbed their belongings and slept in their beds as if it was no big deal. In that story, she got away, never to be seen again. But fairy tales don't always have happy endings. Sometimes things don't go the way we hope they will. Sometimes the girl doesn't get away. Goldie Goldie made sure Lex was asleep, then slid quietly out of the bed, gathered her clothes, and tiptoed out of the bedroom. She dressed in the living room, careful not to make any noise. Then she undid the series of locks that secured the front door, slowly to minimize the sound of undoing the deadbolts and unlatching the chains. She turned the knob and pulled the door open. It squeaked. Goldie paused, glancing back at the bedroom door, waiting for Lex to come stumbling groggily out. Instead, after a moment, she heard him snoring. She opened the door enough to squeeze out, then gently closed it again, finally letting out the breath she was holding. It was five in the morning. The hallway was empty. She tiptoed barefoot to the elevator and waited for the doors to close before slipping on her shoes. Goldie had been Lex's wife for nearly two years. At first it was exciting and at times romantic. But she soon realized she had turned over more and more of her life to him. He had convinced her to quit her job, move into his place, and had gotten her embroiled in his illegal activities. Before she knew it, His hold on her was complete. He reminded her daily that if she left, if the police didn't get her, he would. So she planned, she saved, and she waited, squirreling away money over months until she had enough to make a run for it. Today was the day, Sunday morning. Lex's crew was hung over from the usual Saturday night party. Goldie made her way past the sleeping guard at the front door of the apartment building. Lex's operation took up an entire floor of the tenement, but pretty much everyone in the tower was on his payroll in one way or another. Fortunately, Lex only paid them enough to stick around, not by blind loyalty. Bribes to one or two of the people he relied on to avert their eyes at just the right moment for Goldie to make her getaway were eagerly accepted. The streets were empty. The sun peeked over the horizon, but it was still mostly dark. A large white pickup truck turned the corner. Its headlights swept over Goldie before she could react. She spun around, pulling up the hood of her sweatshirt. The truck drove on by. It stopped at the end of the block, but waited much longer than necessary. She froze. The truck made a sweeping U-turn in the empty intersection. Goldie ran into a nearby alley. She had hoped she'd be miles away before anyone noticed she was gone, but hadn't anticipated being spotted so soon. Before the truck could catch up to her, she dashed into a gap between the buildings, a dark, narrow corridor that was barely wide enough for Goldie to walk through. After a few steps, she had to use her hands against the walls to make her way into the blackness. The passage ended at what felt like a door. She reached for her cell phone to use it to light up the dead end, but remembered she had left it behind in case Lex could track it. Goldie felt around in the dark until her hand came across what felt like a door handle, She pulled, but found it locked. Behind her, she saw the headlights of the white pickup sweep by in the alley. Desperate, she yanked on the door again, knocking gently, trying to get the attention of anyone on the other side. There was a buzz and a click, as some electronic mechanism unlocked the door. Goldie pulled it open and slipped inside. The room beyond was lit by the faint glow from an exit sign. She walked toward the promised egress, trying to get a sense of where she was. Her footsteps echoed off the tile floor. Fluorescent lights flickered on, casting an electric glow over the room she was in. It was mostly empty, but there were remnants of various pieces of equipment, and a metal gurney that gave Golda the impression she was in an abandoned hospital. She could clearly see the exit now, a door with a large glass pane in it. The knob turned easily, and the door opened freely. Follow the yellow line. A heavily accented voice instructed over a hidden intercom. Who are you? What is this place? Goldie asked. You look like someone who's not really in a position to ask a lot of questions. Am I right? Goldie entered the hallway beyond the door and eyed the faded yellow line painted on the floor that disappeared around a corner. She wondered if she had escaped one prison to be incarcerated in another. The path led to a set of swinging double doors Goldie pushed her way through into a corridor lined with security windows, the kind with wire mesh sandwiched between the panes of glass. Beyond them were rooms, more like cells, a place where you would confine someone rather than where you would care for them. Most of them were empty and dark. Near the end of the corridor, however, there were two rooms that were dimly lit by recessed fluorescent bulbs, which buzzed noisily. There was what looked like a shaggy rug balled up in the corner of one of them. At least, Goldie thought it was a rug, until she saw it gently rise and fall, as if it was breathing. In the cell across from it, there was a woman sitting on a plastic chair, facing away from the window. She was deformed, her back hunched, her skull misshapen, and one arm seemed like it was twice as big as the other. Goldie walked up to the glass to get a better look. "'Are you all right?' she asked. The woman didn't respond. "'Who put you here?' What is this place? The patient or prisoner, or whatever she was, slowly rose. Goldie leaned in. The woman turned, and Goldie took a step back as she gasped. The woman's deformities were horrific. Her nose and mouth were twisted and extended, resembling an animal's snout. Teeth, long and sharp, protruded past her lips, dripping with saliva. Her eyes were yellow and feral. The blanket draped over her shoulders fell away, revealing an arm that was not only larger than its counterpart, but densely covered in hair, almost like an animal's fur. And the fingers were no longer slender digits. They were more like paws, with razor-like claws. The woman rushed toward the glass, smashing into it with such force Goldie thought it might break. Or, more. the creature groaned unintelligibly. Goldie turned and fled through a second set of double doors that the yellow line passed through, into another hallway. This one was lined with doors like you'd see in an office building. She continued walking at a much faster pace. None of the office doors were labeled, though there was evidence there had at one time been nameplates and now vacant holders. Then she noticed one door that had a strip of masking tape placed on it, with a name and title written carefully in block letters. Dr. Eric Von Dorff, Chief of Ursanthropic Medicine. Goldie pronounced the odd word out loud. Ursanthropic? What does that mean? Come in, said the voice from the intercom. She looked down and noticed that the line made a right turn directly into the door she was standing before. Don't be afraid, he said. I want to help you. Part of Goldie wanted to run, to find a way out of this disturbing facility, but another part of her was curious was this mysterious benefactor, and what had happened to the woman she had seen? She reached for the knob, twisting it and pushing the door open. The room beyond differed greatly from the rest of the building. It wasn't run down and obsolete. Instead, gleaming equipment, computers, a bench of glassware, modern fixtures and furniture filled the expansive space. Behind a steel desk sat a tall, thin man with a head of unruly gray hair and a goatee badly in need of a trim. He stood up when Goldie entered and smiled broadly. Welcome, he said as he stepped around the desk to greet her. I'm Dr. Van Dorf. Please, have a seat. Can I get you anything? Coffee? Vata? Something to eat? Goldie looked toward the area he indicated, set up as a lounge. There was a sofa, a couple of chairs, and a coffee table littered with empty restaurant-to-go containers, empty water bottles, and stained coffee mugs. Dr. Von Dorf took a seat in one chair, and Goldie sat in the other. He handed her a bottle of water, and she twisted off the lid and took a long drink. "'What is this place?' she asked, hoping to finally get an answer. "'Ah, well, this is my laboratory,' he said. "'Why is the rest of the building empty? Who is the woman in that room?' "'Before I answer your questions, may I ask you some?' "'I consider you my guest. Nevertheless, you were uninvited.' Who are you, and why are you trespassing in my institute? My name is Goldie. I didn't mean to trespass, I was just trying to... She was uncertain how much to tell this man. Although he was peculiar, he seemed nice enough. Trying to escape the attention of these gentlemen? He asked, reaching for a remote control on the coffee table and switching on a television mounted on the wall over his shoulder. It showed the view from several security cameras two of which were outside the building and showed the white pickup truck driving slowly by. Two men that Goldie recognized as being Lex's employees got out, one of them talking on his phone. Goldie smiled nervously. Have no fear, Goldie. I am familiar with these men and whose they work for. I can only assume that if they're after you, you could use my help. Thank you. Goldie took another drink from the water bottle. Fatigue was catching up to her. According to the cameras, it was daylight outside and she hadn't slept all night waiting for the perfect opportunity to make her escape. You're welcome, Dr. Vondorf said. Perhaps there's a way you can help me in return. Goldie barely heard him. She yawned, struggling to keep her eyes open. I'm sorry, I'm really tired. Do you mind if I just... The room went dark. When she woke, Goldie was lying on a gurney. The metal felt cold against her bare skin. She looked down and discovered that she was lying under a crisp green sheet. She tried to sit up but couldn't move. A strap pressed down across her chest and restraints bound her wrists and ankles. Ah, you are awake, Dr. Vondorf said. What are you doing? Goldie asked, trying not to panic. Why am I tied down? It's for your own safety. I wouldn't want you to hurt yourself. Why would I hurt myself? Dr. Von Dorf smiled. Well, as Miss Shoup can attest to, the procedure you're about to undergo can be somewhat unpredictable. Goldie followed the doctor's glance to where a wheelchair was sitting, the deformed woman she had seen earlier strapped to it. Do you know what her is? Dr. Von Dorf asked. No, Goldie answered. Then she remembered. Wasn't it on your door? Yes. It is the transformation of a man, or a woman in this case, into a bear. What? My research, to put it simply, is to find a way to create a were-bear. A were-bear? Like a werewolf, but you know, a bear instead. Why? Why not? There are billions of people in this world, but the population of bears all across the globe are diminishing. Seems like a logical solution to both problems. You're crazy, Goldie accused. I would beg to differ, but the point is moot, Dr. Von Dorff said as he held up a syringe filled with a yellow liquid. I've been perfecting my serum for some time. In the case of Miss Shoup here, he said, smiling at the woman bound to the wheelchair, the dose I gave her, as you can see, was not quite enough to complete the transformation. And I'm sure you remember Mr. Montgomery. Golden looked at the lunatic standing over her. Who? Unfortunately— I gave him an unintended overdose. Interestingly, his transformation made him essentially into a living bearskin rug. Fascinating, really. Goldie recalled the breathing bundle of fur in the other cell. You're sick, she said, struggling against her restraints. Miss Shoup made a low growling sound as her yellow eyes followed the doctor. This dose, he said, holding the syringe up so he could make sure the amount was precisely what he wanted it to be. Is just right. He smiled down at Goldie. You will be my redemption. He grabbed her arm and held it still while he lowered the needle toward her flesh. Miss Shu roared. Dr. Von Dorf paused to look at his previous failure. The arm covered in fur strained against the straps. He capped the syringe and put it aside so he could pick up a tranquilizer gun. The misshapen woman tore free from her constraint, then used her ursine claws to slash through the remaining straps, and rose to her feet. Before he could aim, the doctor's failed experiment leaped at him, causing his shot to go wild. They both crashed to the floor. Despite her deformities, mischief deftly clawed open the mad scientist's throat. The partial Ursinthrope struggled to her feet and looked at Goldie. She said. Thank you. Goldie replied. Miss Shoop's claws cleaved her restraints quickly and cleanly, though some of Dr. Von Dorf's still warm blood spattered against Goldie's skin. She spotted her clothes on a counter and slipped into the yoga pants and sweatshirt she was wearing when she had escaped from Lex. Come with me, she said to her rescuer. We can get you help. Maybe someone can reverse this. The creature looked up at Goldie, her eyes filled with tears and hope. A shot rang out. Miss Shoop's head snapped back when the bullet struck her forehead. Goldie gasped. She spun around to find Lex standing in the room, a wisp of smoke floating from the barrel of the revolver he held. What the hell is that? he asked. Goldie backed up. She bumped up against the tray Dr. Von Dorf had left the syringe on. She felt the length of plastic under her hand and managed to tuck it under the elastic of her sleeve. Why did you do that? Goldie asked. Lex seemed confused. You're welcome. She was helping me. She? Lex asked. He looked down at the malformed body. Well, if it was helping you, it had it coming. Fear returned to Goldie. In all the confusion, she forgot she had found herself in Dr. Von Dorf's clutches because she was escaping Lex's. And now she was right back where she started. Come on, Lex said, you had your fun. He eyed the gurney with the restraints on it. I didn't know you were into the kinky stuff. If you like to be tied up, I can arrange that. No, Goldie said. I'm not going back. Lex laughed. He held up the gun. I don't think you have much of a choice in the matter, darling. Come on, Hank and Freddie are waiting outside. No, she repeated. I'm not asking. I'm not going. Look. I know you understand that I can't let you just walk away. You know too much. I won't tell anyone anything. I promise. Ah, promises. I seem to remember you promised me we would be together forever. He held up his left hand, showing off the wedding ring, then looked at the diamond-studded band and engagement ring on Goldie's finger. Till death do us part, remember? If that's the way you want it, Goldie said. She grabbed the syringe from her sleeve, then pulled off the cap protecting the needle with her teeth. What's that? Lex asked. Goldie took advantage of his confusion and leaped toward him, the needle poised to stab him in the neck. Lex raised his forearm and blocked her attempt to inject him with Dr. Von Dorf's serum. Adrenaline coursed through her veins, and she found the strength to push the needle closer to his flesh. Lex dropped the gun and grabbed Goldie's wrist. Her eyes widened as he turned the needle toward her own throat. In their struggle, they fell to the ground, but Lex managed to keep Goldie's attempt to inject him at bay. He smiled. So, this is what it's come to. You really think you can kill me? Goldie shook her head. What's in this? Poison? No, it's vitamins. They make you stronger, she replied sarcastically. Lex chuckled. (laughs) You always could make me laugh, he said. Goldie met his gaze. There was an insane look in his eyes. She realized there was no way he was going to let her go. No chance she was going to walk away this time. No choice but to go forward. She stopped resisting, and the needle sunk into her neck. Lex was momentarily surprised. It doesn't have to end this way, he told her. Goldie waited for him to push the plunger, but instead he shifted his position so his weight was on top of her, so he could reach for his gun. While the action diverted his attention, Goldie grabbed the syringe and depressed the plunger, injecting the serum into her own neck. Lex saw what she did. What the hell, Goldie? I wasn't really going to kill you. I love you. Fire burned in her veins. She could feel it flowing into her heart, through her lungs, and then the rest of her body. She screamed in agony. (coughs) Lex stood up. What did you do? "'Goldie, what did you do?' The pain was intense, like she was being stabbed in every joint, like her skin was being scrubbed with a wire brush and her head was being squeezed in a vise. "'What the hell is going on?' Lex asked as he backed away. Hair pushed out of her skin as the muscles beneath transformed and her bones twisted and grew. Her fingernails hardened and lengthened into claws. New teeth filled out her expanding jaw as her face transformed into a muzzle. Goldie writhed in agony as she felt her body contort. Then her reconfigured and dislocated joints snapped into place, relieving her of the worst of the agony. She rolled over and got to her hands and knees. Only they weren't hands anymore. They were paws. The rings on her left hand had been pushed out onto a claw by the transformation. Yellow fur covered her body, the same color that had once fallen in golden locks across her shoulders. She felt strong, as if she could snap a log in half. When she exhaled, a low growl accompanied it. Goldie, what's happening? Lex asked. She lifted herself up and turned toward him. Lex stared at the bear standing before him, then remembered he had a gun in his hand. He lifted it and pointed it at the animal as it let loose a deafening roar. The bear swiped at the gun, sending it flying across the room. Then it pounced on Lex, and they both crashed to the floor. Goldie felt alien instincts take over her mind, an animal rage that was beyond her control. She opened her massive jaws and clamped them around Lex's throat, then bit down as hard as she could while pulling her head back ripping away flesh and sinew with a spray of blood. The taste of the warm, salty fluid sated a thirst she didn't know she had. But she wasn't hungry, so she stood up and looked around. There was a door marked with a sign the human part of her mind could still recognize. Exit. Goldie dropped to all fours and lumbered out the way Lex had come in. She could smell fresh air and followed her nose until she found the door to the street. She crashed through the glass. Ignoring the cuts it left in her hide, the thick fur protected her from any serious injury. It was dark out. She stopped to sniff the wind, then picked the direction in which she smelled trees and ran off down the blacktop. Hank and Freddie were waiting in the pickup as Lex had ordered. They both watched, mouths agape, as something crashed through the doors of the abandoned hospital they had tracked Goldie to. Lex had insisted on going in alone, and now they both said a silent prayer in gratitude. Was that a bear? Hank asked. I have no idea, Freddy replied. Should we go inside? Hell no. They watched as Goldie disappeared around a corner, never to be seen again. Thank you for listening to Goldie, written especially for the Bedtime Stories for Insomniac's Fiction Podcast by Rich Hosek. Please remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Rate us on Apple, Spotify, and Audible and share these stories with anyone who enjoys audiobooks. By the way, my latest novel, Afterlife, A Rainy Day Investigation, is available now on Amazon and Audible. You can listen to the first book in this paranormal mystery series, Near Death, on this very podcast for free. Stop by bedtimestories.studio and sign up for our email list to be notified of new episodes and exclusive offers, and get a free bookmark. You can visit richhosick.com to learn more about the hosts of Bedtime Stories for Insomniacs. Thanks again, and all the very best.